Hey, this is Gamer Class from Chaos Lacrosse Club, and you're listening to the Outside the Box Podcast. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box Podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 62 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Kyle Bennett, OTB Herm, live from Underground Studios. Herm, it was a wild, wild, wild weekend it in was, San Jose. It was almost as if a shark was chasing them. Okay, now that was awful. I tried I to make a there. shark pun, and it just <laughs> did not work. Cue the baby shark let's, music. Let's not ever do that again. Um, no, great lacrosse, though. I mean, dude, we literally just watched the standings. Not flip-flop, but kind of. We, we watched a lot of movement. I mean, it, it opened up, man. Uh, and later on in the show, guys, to break down all things San Jose, we are going to be joined by the first ever team to clinch a PLL playoff spot, Chaos, one of their own, the classiest man in the PLL, Deemer Class, is going to be on the show, so sit tight for that. Uh, Deemer will be joining us in just a little bit, but like you said, Herm, the standings kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Um, and one of the weirdest stats you'll ever see, too, that I'll get into once we get done breaking these down. Uh, but Chaos, now your number one seed at 6-2 and two all alone with a score differential of 3 as they uh, took down my Redwoods, and uh, I was not a happy camper. Whipsnakes dropped two in a row now, 5-3 and three with a score differential of 2. we got to get into a little bit of a subplot storyline, too, that uh, came out on the Twitter.com with that game as well as they lost to Chrome. 20 to 16. Yeah, that was absolutely a rough one. bonkers. I mean, Chrome puts up points, man. Uh, Archers gets a dub over Atlas and moves into third place due to score differential. They sit at four and four with uh, the best score differential in the league at four. My Redwoods are four and four with a flatline zero score differential. Uh, Atlas now at three and five with a negative 13 score differential. And honestly, I don't see them getting out of that. So I think Atlas has kind of stamped their way into the first round uh, pick, first overall pick round of the quote-unquote playoffs. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Chrome sit at 2-6 and six with the worst record in the league, but are tied with Archers for the best score differential in the league at 4. Right. That is wild. <laughs> how, how has it ever happened before where Science. the best score differential in the league is in last place with the worst record? Like... I think How the would, only other I time... I feel like that isn't even statistically possible, man. Obviously not in the league, but this year the Cincinnati Reds, they've been, like, 
not the greatest record-wise, but their their run differential actually, no, has been off the charts. It, it's the same thing with the Red Sox, actually. I yeah. was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were talking about it. And, um, yeah, no, the Red Sox have the most runs scored in the mm-hmm. AL East. However, they are the worst yeah, team the Cincinnati in Reds the are AL like East. Six or seven games under 500. That's enough baseball, though, for this <laughs> lacrosse podcast. But it's, it's um, similar in it, that It's sense. statistics. I understand. However, I think that this is wild. And, I mean, I think that we also just got to see – Chrome explode, and we're finally Again. seeing the team that they could have been all season long. And I mean, that's kind done. of my my feral theory, you know. I mean, you put Connor out there for every faceoff, and uh, look what happens. You, they ain't you win done more yet. lacrosse games, but um, no. I mean, incredible weekend in San Jose. It looked like an absolute blast. The California crowds, man, are just like a different variety. And I mean, I'm jealous. I didn't get out to any of the games this season on the West Coast. However, I will be in Canada this week, and I think that we are going to have an unreal turnout. So, I mean, this podcast is it's it's going international, it's going international, baby. Shout out to Diggs, though, the homie. He was out in San Jose. Uh, so if you don't follow him on Instagram, you can get a deep dive look into what was going on this weekend in San Jose at Diggs Tape. Uh, on the Instagram and the Twitter.com, but uh, Justin Gutterding said it best with RJ after the game. They tweeted out the video. Uh, their their percentage to make the playoffs is going to go boop, boop, boop. It's going up, man. I mean, as Atlas drops, because, I mean, that loss kind of sealed their fate, especially with a negative 13 goal differential. There's really no Nothing. coming back at this point. However, I think that they're going to have a nice little run there for that first pit round pick and I mean, maybe it's just what Paul Rabel had in the script. I mean, at this point in the season, it's like all of the dr- drama and great storylines and plot twists that are coming out of this season, it's almost like did they script this entire thing because these these races are they're tight. I mean, who would if you would have told me 3 weeks ago that Archers would be in third place heading into the Canada week? I would just call you a liar. I did not see that happening. I thought Redwoods would actually be in second place, and I thought that chaos would have dropped below them. So, and that's nothing against Deemer. But, um, yeah, I, this is a wild ride, man. But the PLL is one hell of a, one hell of a time because I'm really loving it. Yeah, so some headlines this week. The Bomb Squad from Chaos got a new member. Miles Jones joins the Bomb Squad as he scored his first two-pointer of the season. In the Flintstone mitts. Uh, just absolutely blew it up like they they played a consistent game uh our boy jared newman dropped some spice lord heat make sure you get your jared newman uh hot sauce newman nukes t-shirts in our design tree storefront at dsgntree.com just search underground sports philadelphia and use promo code dsgn5 for five dollars off your order at checkout um but i mean the, the bomb squad showed out. My Redwoods kind of looked a little flat. Um, Connor Fields. Just Connor Fields. Again. Connor Fields is a verb, actually, now. He Connor <laughs> Fields himself. Uh, you know, he bounces it off of the the, the, the pole of the, of the cage, and then it goes in, and he's in the air, and he looks like a superhero. And just... <laughs> He's basically a spider monkey, dude. I mean, there's no... There's no Connor stopping Fields Connor Fields from doing what he does. He's been doing it since his college days, his high school days, probably since the first time he ever picked up a stick. And, I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to watch. However, my story of the first game, Mark Glassini, Mr. Incredible as we've dubbed him, and I'm now going to dub him as a madman, 
maybe should star in like the next edition of One Flew the Cuckoo Nest or you know Suicide Squad. I <laughs> any of the above. My dude has just been trying to like stop shots with his cranium and back all season long, which I mean is admirable as hell. I mean that's the player you want on your team. Head however, however, when Ryder Garnsey is shooting a ball 105 miles per hour at you, I'm I'm getting out the way. I'm, a little bit. As as much as I love to help my team and try to stop any goals from going in, I think that that is a move that uh, only a certified psychopath is making. Yeah, Mark Lassini is a wild man. Um, Especially when he hopped in my vlog. These two teams now have kind of just that, that scrappy history. Uh, because leading up to this game, it was all all that was talked about was the Blaze Reardon and Nicosello fight. Um, and, you know, these two teams, I think, just have a, a healthy physical rivalry with one another. And it just makes the game better to know that there's rivalries between these six teams. You know, uh, you have, obviously, Whip Snakes and Atlas. I'd say you have Chaos and Redwoods. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I want to call them rivalries, though, because we saw the same thing come out of Archer's Atlas last night, and it was one of the best games we've seen. all. It was the most physical game we've probably seen all season. And I think that it's just the competitive edge that comes out of every single one of these games. So, I mean, as much as we want to draw rivalries, and yeah, I would give Atlas and Whipsnakes the rivalry of the season right now, I wouldn't put the rivalry just, tag on any teams in the league because I think that these guys are just eager to get after each other on the field. I mean, they're going to come off, they're going to shake hands, they're going to be bros, they're going to go get a beer after the game. But I don't think that, I don't know if I would call it a rivalry. because I dub that a rivalry because we've seen it consistently now. I don't know, man. I think that, I think a rivalry really has to spark a hatred between the two teams. And I don't think these these teams hate each other. Meanwhile, when you get a Whipsnakes Atlas game, these two teams are going at it like it's going to war. And I mean, but we've seen that come out of so many different games this season. So for me, I think it's just heated battle, uh, heated, heated uh, rival. I almost said rivalry, not rivalry, but just heated, heated, like get after it, compete as hard as you can, and don't uh, leave everything you got on the field because that's that's what their guys are going to go out there to do. They're first-class athletes, which brings me to my next point. I think that we need to talk about Jared's tweet. Well, here, real quick, uh, let us know if you think Chaos and Redwoods is a rivalry in the Apple Podcast ratings and reviews section. Leave us those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. goes a long way. helps more and more people find the shows that you get on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. Uh, so let us know if you think it's a rivalry or not, and give your reasoning. Don't just say yes or no. Yes or no answers are not fun. That is a great idea, Kyle. However, I'm going to turn this away from lacrosse for a second. Well, not away from lacrosse. I think that it's just as important as anything that happens on the field in every game that has been played this year. The other day, or I guess it was yesterday, yesterday morning feels like the other day, Jared Newman, one of our guys, one of the faces of the league now, he has completely revolutionized what it is to be a defenseman in lacrosse. He is taking shots that I just would not want to be anywhere near the cage when he releases. He tweets this out. People need to be more appreciative of the PLL and what it's doing for lacrosse. Before you try to treat... Uh, he had a little bit of a grammatical error. <laughs> Before you try to treat it as a second class at treat us as second class athletes or as less important professional sport, come watch a game or two. I think you'll quickly realize that it's not glorified beer league. 
obviously I took to Twitter. I made my, my comment or whatever. However, this is the type of thing that pisses me off, dude. This, this, this tweet actually really heated me up because anybody in sports who is having news outlets such as ourselves or NBC, other lacrosse networks, have people begging these players for interviews, that is what a first-class athlete is treated like. These guys are verified on Twitter. They are having t-shirts designed with specialized logos, specialized names on the back. These guys are working on deals with brands like Epic or ECD or STX, all the sports that use these brands. I mean, they're signing huge deals with them. No second-class athlete is signing a deal like that or getting this kind of acknowledgement. And that's what just irritates me about people in the way that they're trying to look down upon the PLL as well as the players in the PLL. Now, granted, I think that anybody who's a professional athlete, no matter the sport, deserves all of the recollection in the world. So in lacrosse, whether you're playing in the NLL, the PLL, even the MLL, you are considered to be a first-class athlete. You are a professional at your sport. And the WPLO. And the WPLO. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. Yes, you are complete professional. You deserve all of the recollection in the world for doing what you do. And to be treated as anything less is just blasphemous, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Because, I mean... I just get heated about it because these dudes are professionals. They are working. They are getting paid to play their sport. They are going home. They are working out every day. They're doing physical therapy every day. They are doing what they have to do to put on the best show for their audience. And at the end of the day, that is what this is. It is entertainment. And this is first-class freaking entertainment. NBC is broadcasting this each and every week. Last time I checked, no second-class athlete was getting featured on NBC, NBC Sports, or NBC Sports Gold. So, I mean, Jared, dude, I feel you, man. I feel every single ounce of anger and frustration that comes from your tweet because... You deserve all of the recollection in the world. You deserve to have a voice. You deserve to have a platform. And I think that's the direction that the professional lacrosse game is going. And yes, I say it a lot that the MLL won't be a thing in a few years. But the PLL has done so much to push the game forward that for anybody to come after it and try and put the game down... It's absolutely frustrating, and it's almost like you're trying to take out an entire sport, and it's just uncalled for, so fuck off. And on that That is my rant for the day. (laughs) Uh, Let's dive into your your whip snakes, because they took a massive L to Chrome. Uh, Not in terms of score differential, but just allowing goals. Uh, Chrome put up a 20-piece, yep. and the the bigger headline from this game, in my opinion, is Matt Rambo did not play in the second half. Yeah, Matt probably said something to Staggs like, yo, this John be wild, you know what I'm saying, Staggs? And Staggs just didn't like it. And <laughs> so Matt Rambo is now from Tennessee? Did I, was that a southern accent? I tried, southern. I tried to do a Philly accent and say the word John, which I absolutely despise. Maybe he said Stan, too. I mean, these are just words that I cannot get with, but Philly people say them. So, I mean, obviously something happened. Matt obviously Rambo there was also, a confrontation. He was Maybe also, there's an injury. He was also 0 for 5 in the first, cor- in the first half 
right. shooting uh, and then did not play. And then Staggs was very short in his reasoning, said that they were going to roll with what they had. They scored 16 goals, so that was working for them. And they will leave it at that. That is the part of the quote that really messes me up. But you have the league's leading scorer in terms of points sitting on your bench and you're losing I mean you're, you're fighting for a number one seed I I take I I have to side with Matt Rambo on this the, side just not knowing the full context just seeing the fact that he was benched and Staggs refused to give a reasoning I I'm just like that's in my opinion without full context that's malpractice on the on the front of Stags because this is a team in Whip Snakes fighting for that number one seed. You lost in Denver. You're you're trying to come out here and beat the worst team in the league, bury them so they don't make the playoffs, mind you. If Chrome lost this game, their playoff chances were done. So that's added motivation for this team. And you sit the league's leading points scorer for an entire half and you end up losing by four yeah i mean i understand your rationale i do however stags also understands that there is a probably still 97 percent chance that the whip snakes get into the playoffs he also understands that if he would he rather be teaching this lesson to matt right now as in a week that I mean, it mattered, yes, and I think it's important. However, if we end up with the two seed, we're still going to be playing chaos and learn it now or wait till we are in Columbus and Matt does something that he doesn't like and benches him then or doesn't have the opportunity to bench him then because it's a playoff game and it's more lucrative to win. So, I mean, I kind of stand with Stags. I don't know what Matt did. I don't know what is happening behind the scenes. Obviously, RJ kept that out of the vlog. But, I mean, I just, I always, I kind of always stand on the side of coaches here. Being a coach myself occasionally, I don't like it when players are disrespectful. And I feel like something must have happened in that way, shape, or form. And... Stags left it at that. Now, what does that mean for the future? I think Matt learns. I think that he'll be out there for four quarters in Canada. And I think that the Whipsnakes are going to clinch their playoff spot this week. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited. I think that I think that everybody needs a little slap on the wrist once in a while. And that's what we got this week. And, I mean, as a former coach myself in a different sport, I understand that. But also without knowing the full context of what happened and just taking it at face value for what it is, I I kind of had an issue with it. I mean, if there's I'm, not especially very many... if I'm a fan because right. but there's not very many sports where a coach comes out after a game and gives a detailed version sure. as to what happened in the locker room at halftime. So, I mean, for Stag just to leave it at he didn't play, it's that's I'm fine with that. I'm cool with it. I I honestly don't want to know what Matt did because that will in turn change my perspective on the guy. So, yes, the, he obviously did something to frustrate Stags and Stags is probably one of the top three lacrosse coaches of all time therefore he has all of the right in the world to make this move it's fair in my uh, opinion I mean, and i'm a whip snakes fan obviously i want to win every single game from a, I, but, from a fan perspective i would be beyond annoyed because it's that much closer now to whip snakes not being able to get that number one seed which i think is even more important than the two seed uh, in the playoffs, obviously, we know those top two seeds are the the coveted 
of uh, the playoff spots. But, um, you know, if, if Whip Snakes loses again, they, they lose that opportunity. So uh, we'll see what happens with it. But I think that was more of the underlying story outside of just what happened in the game. But then uh, last night on TV, we had Archer's Atlas. Archer's came out, arrows blazing, and uh, they secure a win, move into third place, and kind of sealed Atlas's fate, and they probably will not be making the playoffs. Yeah, dude, it was a dogfight, though. I mean, I said it earlier, it was the, literally the most physical game we've watched all season. Atlas and Archer's might just about want to, like, they were probably like one testosterone level away from ripping each other's head off out there and it was pretty awesome i mean it was a great game to watch it was back and forth the entire game i mean atlas kind of fell off there at the end obviously archers went on that like 7-1 run and going into the fourth quarter however i mean up until that point it was it was gritty as hell lots of goals lots of offense even better defense and i loved it i mean one of my standout players of the game matt mcmahon epic guy unreal i mean he has kind of put a name out there for himself he was a guy that not everybody in the lacrosse community knew about heading into the pll season he was kind of quiet but geez dude i love watching this guy play and it has just been an absolute hoot on the flip side a guy out there with every single brand on his body we saw paul rabel he struggled a little bit yesterday i mean he had a good time he got held off the scoreboard but he looked uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, they just, there were some moments there that they had chances to uh, just take advantage of. And, I mean, Archers just got off to such a hot start that I didn't think there was really any chance for Atlas to win this game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Archers has probably one of my favorite top three attackman lines. And I think that with the energy that Will Manny alone brings to every single game, they were going to be running away with this one, and he wasn't going to let them lose. And shout out to uh, my former Redwoods guy, Joey Sankey. Absolutely popped off. Hadn't played since week three uh, when he was still a member of Redwoods and just had a fantastic game. Looked really good, looked really confident with his new team. And uh, he's going to be a big piece for them moving forward to try to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean... It's one of the most more important moves that they've had to make all season. And, I mean, he looked good out there, though, man. It was a lot of fun. Even my mom <laughs> liked watching him because she was watching with me last night. She'll be in Canada. Yeah, so uh, we've got Canada coming up, and uh, we'll have our preview show out on Friday, as we always do, recording on Thursday. We'll announce who uh, that guest will be. But uh, right now, to uh, wrap up this whole San Jose experience, we're going to kick it to uh, our buddy Deemer Class from Chaos and talk about them clinching that playoff spot. So sit tight. All right, and now we are joined by what I deem the classiest member of the PLL. Deemer Class from Chaos LC is here. What's going on, my man? How's it going, guys? Excited to be on here and appreciate you having me on. So, first of all, congratulations. You're a member of Chaos. You guys are the first team in PLL history to clinch a playoff spot. What was that feeling like as soon as the clock hit zero uh, in San Jose, knowing you guys were the first team to do that? The feeling was awesome. It's been a uh, it's been an exciting season. Uh, we you know, kind of came together in training camp and, um, you know, just kind of you're coming into a new league and 
coming into a new team and you know guys didn't know each other there was a couple a couple former relationships we have a couple albany guys and guys that played together you know in the past but otherwise it's just been you know every week you know just making an effort to get closer as a group and uh you know we we had a really tough i remember we had a really tough first half the first game of the year against the whip snakes and then you know we bounced back and were able to to kind of beat them the second time around it was just really exciting to uh to kind of see some of our hard work start to pay off and you know we're just uh you know just feeling like we're getting started and then you know coach andy towers he's a friend of the show as well what was kind of his message throughout the game uh this weekend to make sure you guys kept your foot on the gas pedal and didn't give up and were able to you know punch your ticket to the playoffs I mean, you said it right there. I mean, that's kind of been been the mo. It's just you know we we know what we're capable of, and you know guys are developing throughout the season and throughout each game. And I think when we when we do that, we play as a unit. Um, I think we're hard to stop. But when we just kind of kind of stay the course, and and no one tries to go, you know, outside of you know doing anything spectacular. I think. That's kind of when everyone's at their best, and then guys, you know, make spectacular plays. But that's when everyone's just kind of staying the course and, and doing their part and trusting the overall team team effort. And then you know, California. This is the second time the PLL's been out there, uh, especially you know, All Star Game, and then you guys are in San Jose this weekend, and you coaching at USC. What was it like to have you know the pro game, uh, you know, twice in a matter of weeks out in in California? What was that that atmosphere like? Uh, in San Jose this weekend, the atmosphere was awesome. It, the stadium was phenomenal. It's honestly one of my favorite venues, and you know I'm a huge fan of of California. Obviously, in the, in the California weather and just getting to play a game in that kind of environment was awesome. And I think you know having two weekends out there out west um, really speaks to the growth of the sport. And there's just so many you know guys, young guys, young girls who are at the games who are just so excited to kind of see that level of lacrosse and, and kind of, you know, hopefully that just continues to inspire and push, you know, more programs to keep building and, and uh, the sport keep moving out west. And you guys are 2-0 and now against Redwoods this year and obviously building up to this weekend's matchup, a lot was talked about uh, the whole Blaze Reardon, Nick Ocello fight in week three. Um, would you say you guys kind of have like a, a healthy little rivalry against each other? You know, I would say I would say every game has been has been heated. I mean, obviously that game had a little bit of a scuffle, but you know I, I don't think the guys inside the locker room viewed it too differently from from anyone else. I mean, we we've really been talking about you know focusing on ourselves and trying to be you know the best group that we can be and and, and not stopping until we get there. And I don't think we've gotten there yet, uh, which is exciting. But I think uh, you know I think we're just you know we had a, a really competitive two games against them they're a great team they've got a lot of great players top to bottom so you know it was a battle and you know fortunately we came out with w yesterday and with two regular season games left uh with two weekends left before the playoffs and everything for you guys to be in that one seed and kind of be in control of uh you know the outcome of where you guys finish how much of kind of a an ease is that but also a pressure uh to you know just keep chugging along and make sure you don't lose grasp of that number one seed Definitely. I mean, we're not we're not viewing it as pressure. We're we want to go out and take it. You know, I think we're we're excited. Um, like I said, we've we've been really stressing putting together sixty minute efforts, and I think we've had a couple games where we've been close, but I don't think we've had that yet. So 
you know, we've had, we have a lot of, you know, talent as everyone does at each position and kind of trying to figure out how to keep, you know, pushing and developing that and getting that, that chemistry. So, you know, we're viewing these like last two games as opportunities to just keep getting better and, and compete because we want to win, you know, that's the bottom line. And we're not going to worry too much about rankings or seedings or goal differential. You know, we, we clinch the playoffs. That's great. And now we want to go ahead and we want to clinch that one or two seed. Wanted to get your opinion on this, too, because a couple hours ago uh, it was announced that the PLL is partnered uh, with Gatorade. Uh, your thoughts on that, you know, with such a big company and the the iconic, uh, you know, just backstory of Gatorade to have a league that you play in be associated with them, what's that, uh, you know, feeling for you? It's really exciting. It's really exciting to see, you know, high, you know, high value high level brands uh you know get on board the pll and and to see that keep developing week to week you know i feel like we've they've announced a handful of exciting partnerships and to keep having that is really special and it's kind of a really good good sign of faith for for the guys who are committing the time that people you know outside of the lacrosse community specifically are are starting to recognize that as well so um you know people are really excited about that i think gatorade's an awesome company you know, you know, we're using their products every game, so it's really exciting to have them on board. And then we typically ask every single guest that comes on, too, you know, what went into your decision to make the jump to the PLL, uh, to feel confident in what the Rabel brothers were kind of presenting to you, uh, to just make that jump and be part of this, you know, first-year project that you could call it at first, and now that's taken off as a phenomenon? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing, and um, you know, I could probably speak for a handful of guys. It's just, you know, buying into the vision that, you know, lacrosse is going to continue to develop and, and growing the platform for the players, you know, between the media, uh, between the TV contract and, you know, the, the full benefits and, and things of that nature, I think were, were really exciting. And I think a lot of players, you know, like myself, have a very entrepreneurial mindset because guys committed to play the sport and are figuring out different means to keep playing it. And so I think one thing that's important, too, is not being afraid to take risks and take chances. And, you know, I know when I was kind of going into my decision, like certainly, you know, going into a a new league and things like that can be a sort of a risk. But, um, you know, at some point, too, it's also taking that chance to to make something bigger for the sport. And I think it's uh, it's been exciting to see where that's uh, gone so far. Certainly, man. And similar to making the jump to the PLL, what was it like making the jump into the women's game as a coach and kind of figuring out the different structures that they use on the field and just different atmosphere, I guess? Yeah, it, it has been really exciting. I mean, I, I've told different people, you know, kind of my MO since I, I started coaching, but then also coaching women's is just, I'm just a lacrosse coach. You know, I'm not trying to, to view it as, as women's or men's. You know, I want to, you know, keep treating each player that I coach uh, like individuals, men or women. Uh, you know, I do training on the side as well. But, but you know, the girls that I coach, like I'm continuing to treat them as individuals. But, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to coach lacrosse and inspire, you know, a passion for the game and, and help them develop um, and so that we can reach our, you know, goals as a team and, and things like that. So it's been really exciting, I mean, from a – tactical standpoint you know having seven offensive players on the field has been a really cool challenge for me to kind of mesh the offenses that i know from the men's game 
together and kind of figure out what to do with that extra player relative to the six players that play on offense in the men's game. So that's been an exciting piece. I've, you know, been using a girl stick now for the past year and doing training and hopping and practices. So it's been a cool revelation in terms of, you know, a new appreciation for a quicker release, you know, softer hands, you know, working on stick work. And so that's, you know, all been exciting, you know, byproducts of getting into to the women's game. And I'm really excited about what we're developing out here at USC and, uh, you know, have have big goals and, and big dreams for the program. So it's uh, it's really exciting. And you talk about factors and challenges and things like that. Chaos has built this reputation in kind of a a big three kind of compared to the Golden State Warriors as the Splash Brothers. You guys have the bomb squad. Um, what's it like having that factor just on your team and on your side, knowing that you have at least three guys who at any given moment can just rip a two bomb and either give you guys a tie game or a lead and just having that versatility factor from so many guys on your team? Oh, it's, it's absolutely huge. It's been, it's been really exciting. It's been a, you know, a fun little storyline to kind of, you know, have have a part of our of our team, and you know, I think even you know the other day, you know, when we're up eleven ten, and Jared comes down and hits a two. I mean, that's such a huge swing and a big moment, and to have that capability, um, you know, can really help us, you know, open up, you know, the floodgates sometimes during a game at any time. So it's a huge, it's a huge, uh, huge advantage to have that. Um, you know, I. I've been joking because I know Miles just got on board the squad this weekend. You know, I feel like I haven't hit one yet, so you know I'm hoping to uh, to get involved in the party at some point. But uh, but it's really exciting in general. And then you know, just take us into uh, the locker room after that that big win this weekend. What was kind of the atmosphere with you guys? Was it a little bit of a celebration because you clinched that playoff spot, or was it kind of business as usual and on to the next one? Kind of get the uh, the overall message from your coaches across, and then. You just move on to uh, to Canada now. Definitely, it was definitely business as usual. I think you know we recognized it. You know, we we definitely mentioned it and celebrated it, and we were fired up about it. Uh, but we're also fired up about you know where we're going, where we're trying to get to too. So you know we're not going to lose sight of that. And um, yeah, it, it is exciting. You know, it, it's a, it's cool to look back and be like, hey, first team PL history to clinch playoff berth. But at the end of the day, you know, no one you know really remembers like who finished. You know, second, third, fourth, fifth in the league. So, you know, we want to be at that top spot, and you know, we're not going to stop until we keep getting better and, and try to hit our goal. And you guys were the team coming into the season where a lot of, uh, you know, fans and analysts and everything looked at the the chaos roster and was like, "Wow, this is a team filled with guys that play the box game uh, that are going to try to translate it to the field." And now you head to Canada, where the box game is really, you know, popular and, and relevant uh, this coming weekend. What are you guys looking most forward to as a team to take the game outside of the United States for the first time in the PLL? Yeah, we're, we're excited to kind of keep uh, keep spreading our brand of lacrosse. You know, I think we've been playing fast. We've, uh, you know, we've been playing pretty locked down defense. Um, you know, Blaze has done an amazing job in the cage and Tommy Kelly at the X. So, you know, we're just kind of continuing to define what is chaos lacrosse and I think we got, we have some of that box influence and Canadian influence and, you know, also just guys that are you know definitely selfless and looking to kind of move the ball and share the rock and i think you've kind of seen that with the the spreading of the wealth a little bit in our scoring too if you kind of take a look at the stats you know it's pretty pretty distributed you know jared's got six twos or something like that so he's 
he's up there with you know 10 12 points so um you know we're just trying to you know again like now we're just hoping to take uh take this show international and we're excited to uh, get up to canada has playing with these guys that are are very box you know driven and grew up playing the box game helped improve your game in different ways that you know you wouldn't have initially expected 100 percent, 100 percent. i uh I mean, I was telling some of the kids that I coach, like, you know, I scored my first behind-the-back goal uh, this season and, you know, done some things in practice, whether it's behind-the-back passing and things like that, where because they're doing it so frequently, you know, I'm, I'm watching and I'm trying to, you know, emulate and try and, you know, get better at some of that, um, you know, backhands, behind-the-backs, things like that. But, you know, also just asking those guys and picking their brains, you know, the Connor Fields and the Josh Burns and, Miles Thompson's of the world. It's it's really exciting. I mean, they're they're some of the best players to ever do it, um, and it's exciting to be a part of and, and kind of keep learning. And that's kind of you know I've always been a student of the game, and it's just exciting to try and keep getting better. You know, even at you know at 26, and you know as I keep going, hopefully as I hopefully continue my professional career, I look to keep uh, keep building and, and finding things that I can add. But it's definitely definitely rubbed off on me you know offensive concepts uh you know it's stuff that i'm actually putting in right away into my teaching and my coaching so it's really cool to be a part of and then even on top of that to be able to play with two of the thompson brothers two uh members of a a lacrosse family that are so iconic and well known what's that like for you to be able to be able to just pick their brains and uh call them your teammates oh it's been uh it's been awesome i mean miles and jeremy are you know, two of the most genuine guys I've met, and it's just exciting to kind of hear their perspectives on the sport and life and kind of playing. And um, you know, it's been it's been really cool to get to know them, and I'm happy to call them teammates. And then Miles has been out, you know, the past couple of weeks with an injury, and then you have a guy like Curtis Dixon on your team who hasn't even suited up for you guys yet. To just think about the the roster switchability that Andy Towers has for you guys and what he's able to throw out at opponents, even down the stretch here, where a lot of times, you know, you want to keep what's working, but he has such versatility with everybody on this roster. Uh, how much of a strength is that, you know, going into Canada, Albany, and then going into the playoffs? Definitely a big strength. I mean, you've seen that the last two weeks against two of the best teams in the league, Whip Snakes and Redwoods. You know, we've been missing some key guys, and we've been able to overcome that. And so, you know, that's one. That's why I'm kind of proud and excited about our group because you know we're definitely battle tested we've got you know had some different lineups kind of week to week and you know we've been kind of looking to you know keep um keep fighting through stuff like that and you know guys like kevin buchanan and eric scott you know started the the year as midfielders and i think at least one or both of the last two games have both played attack so it's kind of uh you know really cool to see those guys step up and fill those voids and and uh and fill those positions so it's uh it's exciting to have different guys make plays and i think if you look from week to week you know it really hasn't been you know one guy all the time making all the plays you know i think our our offense and and defense is is really well balanced and so it's it's exciting and then you know down the stretch now there's five possible games left for uh for chaos uh two regular season and then obviously the first round of the playoffs are definite what are you most looking forward to, you know, for this stretch uh, with these two final games that are probably going to feel like playoff games for you guys just so you can clinch that number one overall seed? 
what's most exciting to you? What are you kind of anticipating uh, as the regular season kind of winds down and you guys get set for the playoffs? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, you know, thinking about the summer, it's crazy to think that we've already had eight games plus a couple bye weeks, you know, since that mid-May training camp. And, you know, summer has really flown by. And honestly, you know, I just want to take – take each moment each week as it comes and, and really enjoy it and cherish it because you know you, you know you might never know as a as an athlete or a pro athlete if you're going to get these opportunities again so you know just taking it week by week enjoying the moment we're focused on canada we're going to go up there and enjoy being there enjoy being with our teammates you know try and get a win and then we'll regroup and do it again next week um but uh, you know i am excited for the whole hold down the stretch you know i'd be lying if i wasn't you know, telling you that I was excited for playoffs. I mean, I absolutely am, but, you know, just doing the best to, to stay in the moment. Deemer, we know you're a busy guy, so we definitely want to thank you for uh, taking some time out of your schedule to hop on the show, and we'd love to have you on whenever, man. So uh, keep doing what you're doing because you, you're having a fantastic season and uh, look forward to seeing you soon, man. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your time and, uh, and having me on the Talks on Lacrosse. So hope, hope to be back on the show soon and keep up the great work. Got to thank Deemer for taking time out of his busy schedule now that he's getting back into the swing of things with USC and still has uh, a lot of PLL uh, you know, things on his plate in terms of clinching a playoff spot and getting ready for these final two regular season games. Um, but, you know, he's excited and rightfully so. He's part of a team that is the first team to clinch a playoff spot in PLL history. You know what, man? I think that he just gave me my favorite response of a player I've ever talked to in my life. When I asked him, obviously, about the transition into the women's game, he just, he was very blunt. He said, I don't view people as, or I mean, obviously he doesn't say, he doesn't view people as boys or girls, but when he's coaching, he doesn't care if it's a guy or a girl or a kid or an adult. He's there to be Coach Deemer and to do what he has to do to help that player improve their game and learn. So, I mean, that's one of the most admirable things in the world. He's obviously one of the forefronts of growing the sport of lacrosse and he's doing a great job just using social media growing the game out in california coaching both men and women i mean these are all things that go into growing any sport and honestly dude lacrosse is just so much better with deemer class in it and it's an honor just to be able to talk to him about it like we said he's the classiest guy in the pll um, and I mean, for him to be a part of that team, I think is, uh, just a testament to what Andy Towers has built with chaos. And I mean, he's the fourth member of chaos to be on this podcast now. So Harm, are we like just a chaos interview podcast? now? No, we are not. <laughs> we are a entire league podcast network. However, it was kind of funny. Kyle did text me the other day and he goes, dude, you realize we've only had like three of the teams represented on the podcast. And yeah, I was so, like, uh, it's Archers, not that we favored any teams. Archers, Atlas, and Chrome come to us. Yeah, yeah. We just, we'll just have we to set it all. We'll see you next, we'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> um, that's no indication of who's coming on, but we're, we're trying to uh, diversify ourselves from the other three teams. That it might be an indication of who's coming on Thursday. Um, but once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Deemer for hopping on the show. And uh, as always, make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Like we said, let us know if Chaos and Redwoods is a rivalry or not. 
and uh, give us a reason why because yes or no answers are no fun and if you haven't already upgrade your phone but if you haven't you can follow us on Spotify Google Play SoundCloud Stitcher wherever you get your podcast I was checking the Stitcher analytics actually Herm mm-hmm. we are doing really well on Stitcher oh big fan uh, of Stitcher actually I have so a shout downloaded. out to Stitcher and our listeners over there and then make sure you're following us on the twitter.com at OTB Laxpod at underground PHI follow Herm at OTB Herm Make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel as well for all the vlogginess and good content over there. And uh, we will catch you guys again. You'll be listening to it on Friday. We'll be recording on Thursday. So until then, this has been another episode of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your Newman Nukes hot sauce t-shirts at designtree.com, dsgntree.com. Use that promo code DSGN5 for $5 off your order at checkout. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.